Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in 608 Tuesday morning, January 18th, 2022. We are starting your Tuesday morning at 31 degrees. On our way to yet another day that could and likely will involve the risk of seeing cargo shorts out on the street of Lincoln as we may break that 60 degree mark today here in January. That said, that said, we're we're getting the old, you know, Ken Dewey could not have nailed it. I mean, listen. I'll give him a hard time sometimes when things don't quite work out like he did. But this is what he said this winter was going to be. It's going to be the up and down and the crazy and probably uh, probably no real significant periods of of you know just giant giant snowfall at least in the first polar, half and of no the year. polar vortex and no polar vortex. That's the ex- Dewey Almanac never misses. Did you say Almanac? I did. That's weird. Well, he he doesn't want to be an almanac. Almanac, yeah. No, he uh, he's dunking on the farmer's almanac everywhere right now. Oh, and 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 yeah, it, it'll be cold and and like happens this year. But next week again, Mark, forty three, forty four. I mean, chopping weeks off, chopping weeks off. We're almost uh, we we got the extendo forecast all the way toward the end of January now. So fired up about that. I'm fired up. I'll, I can do Thursday. I can do, or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday at highs in the teens and wind and, and wind chills. I can do that for two days at a time if I get the respite at the end of it. And, and that's kind of what we have. It's been a, this winter has been a, just a delight. It's been fantastic. Anyway, sorry about all that positivity to start the show. We'll change that. Uh, coming up. Would, would you prefer, though, to have it? Where it kind of warms up, and then you get a couple of the cold days, or do you just want all the cold days just knocked out at once? No, this is what I want. This is, I mean, outside of having... Let's say you are going to get guaranteed 20 cold days. Like, we're all 20, 20 days between Give me 10, late December and mid-March that are going to be 20 degrees and give lower. Give me, put them in like 13 sets of two and one, and no, spread put, them out. Put them all together. Week. Get it over and done no. with. Just give me no. three straight weeks of whatever nope. that nope. is Absolutely. and get me out of totally it. Totally disagree. It, it your, 100% it disagree. Let's, let your house tighten up with the cold weather. 15 Wait, days later. to stop the winter. Kills all the, the pirate bugs. and <laughs> Let your house tighten up? What does that even well, mean? When cold weather hits, your house will actually tighten up a little bit. Yeah, it, it contracts. Have you ever, you've never what? noticed that with like your doorways? Yeah. Serious. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do, do, is that a good thing? Yes. Why? Because it tightens things up, it stays warmer than inside, and and unless you got leaky windows, and, and when and when things are warm, they expand. That's why you see the cracks in the road, and that, that's why they go put put the tar down for so, it. And and the the more of that warming and cooling, and the more of the cracks you get. So, you know, we'd well, have less whatever. potholes if it just get cold, I, stay cold, and then get warm. I wildly disagree with you both. The way well, that it's ha- go ahead, it's America. You can you can we can do this. This is right. what we do on the show. Is we have. People of differing viewpoints on things. You have and, every right to be wrong. Um, and and I just give me a couple of days of it, and then get me back to the uh, the the uh, above average temperatures. And I, this is a great way to keep me sane during the winter. Well, I then, love it. Then let it get cold here, and you commute every other day or every other two days back to your palatial estate in Beatrice, where it's obviously a lot warmer. Now, yeah, it's, it's closer south. to the equator. People That's forget right. that it's a, it's significantly closer <laughs> to the equator. That, 
is a fact, yes. <laughs> One that you don't hear discussed too much. I don't know why Beatrice doesn't market that more. People closer to the Beatrice, closer to the equator than Lincoln and Omaha. Think about it. Closer to the equator than the majority of the state of Nebraska. Right. The, the Miami of Nebraska. It really is. Many people are saying that. Maybe what they should do is move the, the state line to the northern boundary of Gage County. That way, Beatrice wouldn't have to deal with Nebraska winters anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But that is also a that fact. changes my that changes a whole lot of things about my my taxes Interstate on my vacation travel. home. A whole lot of different things. I don't know what I haven't investigated this Kansas tax system, Mark. I don't know. They have the fair tax there, I assume. No, they don't. Oh, really? I thought. Be. How did you? How did you? Uh, you were there all that time, and you never made that happen. Nope. Wow. I tried. Very sad. Very sad. So anyway, that's your uh, that's your weather situation um, coming up on the show today. Uh, so so uh, I got Mike Flood on the show today. Yeah, yeah, Mike Flood's going to join All us right. at eight ten. He's running for Congress. Not sure if you were aware of that. He's, yeah, he made a big announcement this week. He did. He made an announcement uh, Sunday at three o'clock, right in the midst of the NFL playoffs. Don't know who exactly scheduling that thing, but uh, all, all I all I can say is that. Folks, and, and there's another one today, a news conference. Don't do it in the rotunda. The acoustics there for us in the broadcast media are just... But the visual, but the, for the TV, for the 10 o'clock news, it it's, looks so it looks so symbolic, right? The audio the is, is better from the front seat of your pickup, all right? The TV, the TV <laughs> is nothing more than radio with pictures. True. It's, it's a good point. The pickup the pickup's acoustics are probably way better as, as long as the dog isn't messing around. <laughs> Keep that. When you, Mark, when you announce your run for Congress, where will you make the uh, make right the official the, announcement? Right here on LNK today with Jack. Is and that Prince. legal? Can we do that? I want you to put a podium out front of Broadcast House and gather folks around. I How many disclaimers am I going to have to put together? For Mark, this? Mark's going to Mark's going to come down the stairs from upstairs, yeah. Trump style, to make the announcement. <laughs> I need this now. Now I need this. Yeah, I don't know where would I I. You know what? Don't you? What was it? Um, uh, the the last time around was it twenty twenty election? Yeah, Klobuchar. She was uh, showing how like hardy she was. Oh yeah, she and she did her out there like outside in a blizzard. Yep. that's how you do it. That's that's how you show people you're ready for Congress. Is you're unlike me and you can handle the cold weather. That's very important. So think you think about doing that. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'll I'll ask uh, Mike Flood today if he had considered several alternate locations for his uh, announcement. I mean, he could have done it in Norfolk, I guess. Could have. Could came to Lincoln. Could have done it in Beatrice. I mean, uh, 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 let's be let's be honest about it. A lot of times, uh, these this I know this isn't a statewide race, but even these district wide races, Lincoln doesn't get a lot of attention in some of these. Uh, I mean, a lot of. T- where was it? Uh, who was running for something right away? And they did this tour, and we were like, "Were they not going to Lincoln? Who was it? One, maybe it was one of the gubernatorial." Was candidates. it Herbster? Yeah, maybe it was Herbster. It was like, is like uh, Fremont and Lexington and and uh, everywhere. Jim Pillen is doing this tour Pillen? today. Is he going to Lincoln? Is yeah, Lincoln the forgotten? Is, is Lincoln the forgotten city they just in Nebraska? Take Lincoln for granted, it's and, it's so no, much focus I, on. I got to stop and think. I, yeah, Pillen is starting today at the Capitol at ten. Okay, uh, he's got uh, former Governor K. Orr that's going to be yeah. there. 
Coach Tom, Tom Osborne, yeah. and yeah. A, a special, special guest. guest. And then they get in the plane and they start flying around the state. Okay. Is the special guest... Uh, I mean, let's let's start speculating on who this special well, guest is. I know who it's not. Who's that? It's not Trump. Um, yeah, it's not Donald it's not, Trump. Not, no, it's not Trump. You know what? If Trump wait. walked out there with Pillin... Wait, 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 wait. Is he pulling Heineman out? No, that's not, that's not a thing, right? I mean, if you're thinking who... You're trying to figure out who would be the most influential special guest, and you already got Osborne there, who are we, who are we thinking? Yeah, that's... I mean, I'm drawing a blank. I can think of several possibilities... I, I, we were speculating in the newsroom yesterday. Maybe Christy Noem. Oh, you know? oh! I've always wondered what Mike, the Mike, I, Mike Huckabee. I've always wondered what the governor of South Dakota, who the governor of South Dakota thinks the governor of Nebraska should be. It's always one of the first things I well, ask. Yeah, but she's pretty well. Uh, she's moving up in the ranks in the oh, Republican circles. So. I know it hasn't changed I mean, my feeling spe- on that. I basically guess. like South Dakota to decide who our governor is. That's that's one of my big big. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Listen, I was born in South Dakota. I can say that. South Dakota's on that. my Mount Rushmore of influences. <laughs> oh, Craig says special guest Scott Frost. I don't think so, but, well, I don't think so. Chubba Purdy. Chubba Purdy. <laughs> he just went and gets, gets the we, new transfer quarterback. We're just getting every quarterback, Caleb. This is amazing. How many do we have now? Five? Five scholarship quarterbacks. Isn't that a lot? That's a lot. Caleb, the offseason has been way more fun than the actual season. It really has. <laughs> let's like, that, that's let's not a joke. never have a season. <laughs> <laughs> let's just live in transfer portal season forever. We've got like three punters coming in. We've I mean, got multiple the, quarterbacks. I suppose you could tweak a thing here or there, but this has gone about as good as you could ever expect. Yeah, for this off season. In, in all honesty, I mean, I don't think I'm being all that hyperbolic about it, but pulling Whipple and Mickey Joseph, especially mm-hmm. um, getting getting not only one but two quarterbacks. I mean, at the very beginning of this, people were thinking Chubb Purdy may be the you know like the one, the uh-huh. guy they get out of this. But you know, he's in there with Casey Thompson. He's also got four years to play as well. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, granted, we don't know. He hasn't had enough of a resume to really know what he's going to be after after high school. Mm-hmm. But you know, four star recruit. You, you, you like having options, you yeah. let, and that's one of the things that the quarterback room hasn't had enough of. Uh, and and so it's different to get now. the yeah, they've got plenty of options. So spring ball is going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, um, it will be an interesting spring as you go through and watch where everything was. Because think about last year as we were watching the quarterbacks, we we're going, okay, who's going to be number two? Yep, maybe yeah, that, that's just, what you're watching. But maybe they'll just change quarterbacks every play, just like they do some of the running backs. I know, might might be able to. Steve Spurrier used to do that occasionally. Um, but yeah, Tim you, Tebow and Chris Leak. You've got Casey Thompson, who's got two years left. Chubba Purdy with four. Logan Smothers with three. Heinrich Harburg with four. Richard Torres, the incoming freshman, he's got four. Technically five if he were to redshirt. Yeah. Well. It, it, uh, yeah, you're right about spring. Spring is going to be really interesting this year. I mean, as, as kind of uninteresting as last year was with almost, you know, no changes and you knew Adrian was the guy and all. There just there just weren't a lot of storylines, yeah. right, coming into the season. Well, right that now you totally can, changes You can already year. say, again, who's going to be the running back that takes over? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Right. And then... Who's going to be number two on the like? You have the entire depth chart that is its own storyline. What's going to happen with the entirety of the offense? Who's stepping in on the defense of all of the guys that you've got yep. left? As as rough as the last season was, and it's you know it certainly doesn't 
Listen, I'm. I know by now it certainly does does not guarantee. I mean, next season could go the same, could go better. I don't. I don't know. But the level of interest is is going to get up pretty. Is going to go up pretty quickly about just this season. I think. Just don't have put yourself in such a situation that unmet expectations will ruin some oh, of your days. I've Mark. I have learned. I barely. I mean, it's. This is kind of sad, actually. But like, I am. I am intentionally trying not to really get involved in Nebraska men's basketball games, which is probably wow. my first love. I'm just like, if they're on, I'll kind of check the score every once in a while. Um, had other plans last night, and I was great with that. They got behind a couple possessions last night and just stayed there. Yeah. It, it never got too bad. They never took the lead. Just kind of stayed there. Um, all right, so also on the show today, Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. <laughs> kind of an interesting combo. It just happened to fall this way. Uh, and hey, Joe, I'm a, we're going to have your boss no, on. No, but one of the things, I actually talked to Joe on the phone last night, and I was like, hey, uh, how are you guys handling this going forward? And and I think it is an interesting, I don't know if this is too inside baseball for media, but and, and I guess to spell it all out, if you don't know, News Channel, Nebraska is owned by Flood Communications. Flood Communications, believe it or not, Founded and CEO is Mike Flood. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so how do you do this exactly? Given his uh, his involvement in the company, how to cover it? You know, how much can we, how can we talk about it? Can we talk about all of those sorts? Well, of Well, this so. and it's an interesting dynamic because think of the way things have gone over the last five plus years, especially is what is the relationship between media and politics? Right, and and, and so that's what you, you have all of that with Mike Flood. Yeah. So, uh, and then that conversation, I, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation at 810. I am... Uh, well, did, did Joe say he's got limits of what he can talk about? And- yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially, I'm going to have him, I'm not going to try and paraphrase what he said, but okay. I think I'll, I mean, I don't think I'll ask him. I'll ask him during yeah. our interview. What are the like, restrictions? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious what they are. But we have a lot of other things we can get to uh, with him too, from the state of the state to the legislature to uh, to everything else. Uh, and, and by the way, I think the primary question, you know, and, and full disclosure, I guess as long as we're full disclosing these media connection things, I called a few football games for uh, News Channel Nebraska last year, and. Oh, yeah, you did. Full disclosure beyond that, I never got one of those sweet yellow jackets that the rest of their TV crew always wears. And I'm not, Did I just hear you endorse Fortenberry? I'm not, I'm not saying I have a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you get one of those sweet All these guys jackets. are wearing is this sort of, I don't know, this sort of olive yellow color. I mean, they're, they're, they're really, they look like master's jackets, but uh, uglier and cooler. Um, <laughs> All of the same. Yes. <laughs> Caleb has seen, in, in the past year, he's seen some of that same color in a diaper. Jeez. <laughs> oh, only like once. We've got oh, a healthy God, baby. Please. Okay, yeah. wow. Listen, I'm past that. I don't need to hear anymore. Oh, and then last but not least, I saw this. See this? A Lincoln company has oh, been yeah. approved to build an 18-hole golf course in the Sandhills, a private golf course, 15 minutes from I-80s, exit 190. It's Maxwell. About a ha- yeah, yeah, Maxwell. Love me some Maxwell. About a half hour from North Platte. This is going to be in 2024. Uh, so we're gonna have another real Sandhills getting There's their no golf sand, on those Sandhills golf courses again. Here's how you compete, Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't care if it's a city course. I don't care if it's a private course. I don't care what you do. But I, I still have not heard of any 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 uh, city or private course that's done this. One course on the north, one course on the south of town. Right, right where we're expanding. Right where there's a new a lot of new home construction. 
but it's just one line of holes. So you're either so you can choose the course and have the wind behind you no matter where you choose to golf. Best it's your best day of golf. They'd have to get like a like a like a chairlift or something to get you back after it's all over. Why, why couldn't they? If the <laughs> why couldn't they just have them in a line? And if the wind's from the north, they they go one through eighteen going south. And if the wind's from the south, they turn the holes around and come back the other way. I don't, oh, turn the hole. You know, just put an extra green. I don't know. I think my way is actually easier to have two courses yeah, than what you're no, suggesting. No, 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 no. I want one course, but it encircles the city. I want that ninety-six hole course. <laughs> I think they need it's one. It's going to be more than that. I'm, or whatever it is. Yeah. It would be, yeah. I think they But I just want one, one big course. Golf one, around the city. One yeah. of these private courses should be right along the canal between Lincoln and the New Ooh. Lake. You know, so you got a little water frontage. Right. I'm just putting a driving range. Get on, by the canal. way, I slice, so let's be on the right side of the, <laughs> let's be on the right put side a, of the canal, a, the south the side. Lincoln version of Top Golf, which would be only three stories high. <laughs> I don't know. Think about my one-way golf course. It'd be amazing. Tourist destination. You can't even get Coolcrest up here. How are you going to get to golf got, For somebody who doesn't like golf that much, i got a lot of golf-related ideas for this city. Have you guys put any more thought into our Trios Luge idea? <laughs> yes. I've thought about it. <laughs> no. I, oh. I still call top. I think it could be a charity fundraiser. Well, in that case, <laughs> go to the old, we go to the old Pioneers Park sled run and try it out a little bit. Get in on the get on the rubber suits and helmets and get ready to go. Only if we can do scooters down O Street sometime this summer. Absolutely, all in. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's also Top Five Tuesday. We'll get into. I'll tell yeah. you about that more in uh, at six thirty. It was the Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. 31 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Joe Jordan coming up in a half hour-ish. Mike Flood is going to join us, fresh off his announcement that he'll be running for the House at 8.10, 8.35, Top 5 Tuesday. What are those items that, opposite of what we did last week, that it's uh, that's okay, that it's okay, that it, you're, you're making a wise, uh, a wise choice to buy the cheaper versions of. We, we learned yesterday which ones you should not do that with, according to people. I want to know what's, what's on your list for the ones to buy the cheaper version of. This is going to be fun. So you can text your uh, top fives into us at the Rick Stein Recognition text line, 402-479-1400. i got to work on my list, Caleb. This one's harder, isn't it? This is harder. I mean, I'm kind of a cheapskate, though, so I think this well, is in my wheelhouse. The, the thing is... I think about the stuff that I absolutely know I have to get this brand or I have to get this certain quality. I don't really think about the stuff that's on this list but you all that do much it. because but you definitely do it. It's, right? it's so innate right now. Yeah. it's like oh, I just, you just know go I'm gonna, through. Yeah, so go through the experience of going to the the, the grocery store or the you know whatever the the Target or, or Walmart mm-hmm. or wherever that you you go and check. I got a lot of these. Oh yeah, I got a lot of these. Okay, well, you can't just put ketchup for all five. Well, that's one of them, but I got, I've got i got four other good ones. <laughs> My family will tell you, too. All right, so we got that coming up. Texture's in now. We'll have fun with that at 835 before we get through uh, all of the uh, the other stuff going on in the show today. And we're starting now with the sound off. 
Voting rights going from the House to the Senate. Uh, Speaking of voting, it doesn't look like they've got the votes to actually pass this. But nonetheless, it is going to be in front of the Senate here this week. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the Senate will again consider today long-sought voting and election legislation despite no agreement from all 50 Democrats to break filibuster rules to pass it. The question being asked again, where do we stand? Whose side are we on? President Biden again called for passage of two bills and remarks prepared for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Republicans are likely to again block the measure. GOP leaders say the legislation is unnecessary, hyperpartisan, and a federal takeover of state-run elections. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. I mean, I think we the, the, this uh, the way this particular movie ends, it, I mean, it's like the infrastructure bill where... Uh, you're not going to have enough Senate votes, and uh, they'll go back to the drawing board on this whole thing. Th- this is a question that I brought up a while back, um, and and when when Omicron, you know, was first appearing in the United States, and and then into December when it was a, a bigger deal here uh, locally, and I, I had just pointed out that in in reading about some of what the epidemiologists talked about the end of the pandemic looking like, the the change from pandemic to endemic, what that looks like. And even prior to Omicron, one of the things that they had talked about is a more highly transmissible, less serious uh, variant emerging and becoming the dominant strain. It it looks like that's what's happened uh, for, for the most part right now. So despite the issues that are going on right now, could this signal a step into at least a, a new, more endemic stage, a more seasonal or flu-type stage of the pandemic. Um, there are some divided opinions on that, and some say it's just too early. Dr. Fauci on Monday testified in an online conference before the World Economic Forum's Davos agenda. He said it's too early to tell whether the Omicron variant will be the final wave of the pandemic before COVID becomes endemic. Fauci calling it an open question. Some scientists have expressed optimism that Omicron's milder cases, especially among those vaccinated, may signal a shift that will make it akin soon to the seasonal flu. Fauci admits they don't want to, quote, get into a whack-a-mole for every variant out there where you chase after them with boosters. But Fauci did warn it's very likely we'll see new variants cropping Uh, up. Sue Guzman, Fox News. I'm not smart enough to know if that's going to happen or it's not going to happen. I can say this. I hope. I hope that's what's happening. Whack-a-mole would be way more fun right now. Uh, Just give me one of those plastic hammers. Two. One for each hand. So I can just run around, and it's not so much masking. Just let me hit anybody that I think might get me. I mean, I see. That'd make it more fun. Moderna's come out with a new, like, more Omicron-y vaccine now. Yeah. But, I I mean, like, how sustainable is that? Doing having a different vaccine for each, you know, each one of these things when when they change, you, you hope this thing becomes, you hope this thing becomes the dominant and people get it, and um, well, you don't hope people get it, but enough people get it that it becomes the dominant uh, one as opposed to the more serious versions, mm-hmm. and it becomes into whatever. I'm so tired of talking about this. Yeah, they're. There's, uh, yeah, okay. there's so many off-air conversations. I've uh, had I know. I just, this. I'm just, yeah, I'm tired. I don't. I hesitate to even say anything because everybody's got just so many takes, and I just. Well, everyone knows exactly what to do right now. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's amazing how <laughs> it's amazing that everybody knows exactly what to do. It's okay to say I don't know sometimes.
It's like, okay. Uh, and I don't, Normalize saying I don't know. Right. And I that, do it all the time. Well, and that, that's My wife asks me a question, 80% of the time I'm like, I don't know. Here's the thing. From, from, the, from, from the people that I've talked to and from a little bit of some, some of the shows I've watched with my daughter, I've, I've learned how much when it gets to that point, I, need, I will definitely need to be better at just saying, I don't know, but I can find out. Because I don't know everything. But all of us in in situations like this, we are so convinced of our own knowledge that we don't actually know what would 100% absolutely be the best thing going forward, but we all think we do. Yeah, there is a high level of confidence in one's own takes these days. Mm -hmm. That's that's for certain. And I'm sure I do that sometimes. Oh, there are certain subjects I'll get in on that. There are certain subjects where I've got, yeah. Epidemiology is not Uh, one of them. All right, what else? A little bit more of an interesting iteration, I guess, of of the Omicron talk has to do with the Winter Olympics. So I didn't realize this, Caleb. Maybe you did. But I don't know if it's because of the strict measures they have there or what, or I don't know if it's, this is just not true and it's just spin from the government. But <clears throat> evidently, Omicron is like just getting now to China. Mm-hmm. Like in the last few days, they're starting to get their first. I can see that because it it didn't start in China. Yeah, and that that strain didn't start in China. Right, and I guess the the, I guess there's a lot of reasons for that, but that puts an interesting. Like I had assumed it was basically for the most part almost everywhere in in Mm -hmm. developed countries now, and that was a thing, even though it's only been what three and a half weeks well, here oh Nebraska. man because especially when you're thinking of this variant and in how it picks up because it's more contagious well, you're looking yeah. four to six to eight weeks yes right in the that, that hits the olympics yeah. right in the heart of it so um <laughs> how does that change things it was already known that international spectators would not be allowed to purchase tickets to attend the coming winter olympics in beijing today the organizing committee announced that tickets for the olympics will only be sold to targeted groups the general public will not be allowed to buy tickets to attend the winter games Scheduled to begin February 4th, officially, though competitions get underway two days earlier. This past Saturday, the first Omicron case was reported in Beijing. Since the pandemic began, China has largely controlled the spread of the virus compared to other countries. Just over 100,000 cases and 4,600 deaths. Jared Max Fox News. Two weeks from tomorrow really? are the first Do you believe those numbers? Do you believe 4,600 deaths? I don't believe that. But I, I don't know, but also their their response is 100% locked out oh, yeah. as soon as you have something. Right. So it makes it really hard for it to spread. Right. What, but, I mean, this is obviously, this is a whole different ballgame with, with the latest iteration of this, though. We'll see. How are you oh, going to lock way, down athletes with Olympic Village? And, no idea. And, by the way, what groups get selected exactly by whoever's making the selection of who gets to go to these these games? I want them to televise that. Please do a, a, a Winter Games fan selection show. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. I still there's still a part of me that just wonders. And they put so much money into these facilities and everything, though. There's like there's no way they cannot do it. And uh-huh. the athletes have gotten this far, so I I guess it's. I mean, it, it'll happen. But to contrast what you were talking about, that kind of lockdown mentality that they've had. When the cases are going to, I mean, if it goes like it has everywhere else in the world, mm-hmm. cases are going to go crazy. It's, yeah. It's, you, you don't have to look. You look at South Africa, UK, you can look at Lincoln, Nebraska, if you want to, and and see that that's probably what is going to happen here and how they, they handle that exactly. Uh, but maybe it's kind of its own its own bubble. But one of the other things, this is fascinating, too. 
So if, if you're a United States athlete going to the Olympics, they're mm-hmm. telling you, hey, you know what? Don't bring your phone. Don't bring your regular phone. A little worried what happened. In fact, you might want to you might want to get a burner for the Olympics. Team USA warning its athletes to take burner phones with them and to leave all personal electronics back in the U.S. to try and avoid Chinese spying. Now, in this memo, Team USA warns athletes that they could be subject to malicious intrusion, infection, and data compromise when they get to the Olympics. And at a minimum, it says, they need to wipe all personal data from their devices before arrival and upon departure. The report, according to USA Today, and echoed by other countries, says this, despite any and all safeguards that are put in place to protect the systems and data that are brought to China, it should be assumed that all data and communications there can be monitored, compromised, or blocked. Jeez. This sounds... I feel bad for these oh. athletes. This sounds so wildly unfun. How much... And I know you work for it and you're going to do it. And, and yeah, I mean, this has been a goal for so many... So for, this is... When, when you were thinking about this four years ago to try and get here, this looks absolutely. There's, it just feels joyless. It does. So here's this is so unfortunate for the athletes, and and you can think back to to part of it with Japan. You had a lot of this too, um, but when you are going into these games as an athlete, high level athlete doing anything, whether it's the Olympics or you've got the state volleyball tournament coming up, you are focused on that competition. You know, like, there's not a lot of outside noise that you want to take in. Mm -hmm. That's why they put blinders on, you've got this competition, nothing else matters. Well, you've got to worry about all the COVID restrictions. Am I going to get locked down? Now, it's the, you should probably take a burner phone and no personal electronics with any of it. Like, the reason that Olympic Village for the athletes turns into this insane party is because they're allowed, once their competition is done, their mind is able to release and just be... In a moment that isn't your sport, that's why all of those you see all of the parties and people going nuts after their competitions are done. Mm-hmm. Until you get to that point, it should be just your competition. But the athletes don't have that that luxury going into China. Yeah. Uh, all right, some other things. Hey, watch for this Amazon scam. This is actually a kind of a I I fancy myself pretty good at telling when something is a scam and is not and we get a little help here at NRG yeah. but uh, but this one is is one that was really on the rise and is one that might fool you. Amazon scam emails have skyrocketed by 500% since last year. The latest scheme involves an official looking email from Amazon being sent out to customers for an order that you never placed. Users may then click on the link to find out more about their supposed order making you believe you have to update your account details. A similar trick notifies users that there is a problem with your Amazon account or payment method, again tricking victims into resubmitting their personal information. A few tips to stay safe, look out for suspicious language or spelling errors. If the email asks you to click here, don't. And finally, checking the sender's full email address to ensure it's from a verified Amazon account. In the U.S., any email address that does not end with Amazon.com is a fake. Mary Corsetti, Fox News. Check those spelling errors, guys. A M A Z A H N. The criminals are not smart enough to use spell check. Last but not least, it's the weekly price increase update. Although this one isn't necessarily like an inflation, inflationy type thing, like so many of the other ones have been. Uh, but 
your breakfasts may be getting a little bit more expensive. Government agricultural forecasters say they're expecting the smallest Florida orange crop since World War II this year, and it's all thanks to something called citrus greening, an incurable disease that thins the crowns of trees and saps their vitality. The disease is spread by invasive tree lice. The end result, a lot more oranges end up on the ground, and the remaining fruit is usually small. Analysts say consumption of orange juice has been rising steadily during the pandemic as Americans shifted to less sugary drinks and also look for ways to up their vitamin C intake. Ted Lindner, Fox News. Less sugary drinks. Orange juice is packed with sugar. All right. Well, <laughs> well maybe they meant like less less natural sugars. I, I guess so. I here's, don't... here's this, though. How do you pronounce that fruit? That Orange. Yeah. Why was he pronouncing orange. it like, yeah, like with an A at the beginning? Orange. Yeah, that's... Uh, orange trays. Yeah. Orange. Uh, orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fruit juice is all high in, in sugar. Uh, eight ounce serving of juice and cola both contain about thirty grams of sugar on average. That's almost eight teaspoons. I, I don't. I love orange juice. I love orange juice. Mm-hmm. I don't ever get it for myself because that is one beverage I can't have a small quantity of. It no. is. It is. It is impossible for me to have <laughs> anything more than like forty eight ounces in a sitting. I don't know what it does, but it's. If I start drinking a, one, it's all going. And in. especially if you're having it with like a bre- like a hearty breakfast, mm-hmm. like it just slides down. That's what makes mimosas so dangerous. Probably. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have many mimosas either. Uh, but yeah, we never have orange juice in our house. Our, wh- we had some some mimosas at venue a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. It was nice. Nice. It was nice. nice. Did you go there in the morning? Yeah. Got a Sunday brunch. Ooh. Got a spot. Dang. Call, called five minutes before leaving. They're like, "Yeah, we'll uh, we'll mark you down." Got there, walked in, sat down. It was wow, awesome. You were you were get you were living classy right now, aren't you? Oh, felt right. <laughs> All right, six fifty one. We're taking a break. Chris Whitney, uh, representing the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, is going to join us next on KLIN. An economic conversation for our city and upcoming events with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce on LNK today. And our rep from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, former colleague and voice of KLIN, Chris Whitney, uh, previously a.k.a. The Coach, which someone reminded me of the other day. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing today? Good morning. Haven't haven't heard that one for a bit. Always nice to stroll down memory lane, though. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Chris used to do a great job helping the callers with my uh, my very difficult contest questions, and uh, got nicknamed the uh, the coach for it. How you doing, Chris? Doing good. I'm glad you made it back from Columbus the other night. We were chatting Ooh. off air, and uh, that's that's a tough drive to make, certainly during the snowy conditions. One that I've made, kind of not just from Columbus, from, but from that area occasionally. Yeah. And uh, ooh, that's a that's a white knuckler sometimes. No, no offense to anyone, Columbus. That's not a pleasant drive when it's beautiful outside. Let alone you know, sixty mile an hour wind gusts and snow blowing across the uh, the highway in the dark when you're heading to the uh, east. But we uh, we did make it home. Uh, a couple of things going on at chamber right now. One I I, I want to hear about um, in in particular is one of these uh, new things that's going to happen as Jason Ball is taking over leadership of the chamber, uh, and it's a small business advisory council. Tell us a little bit about how this this will be made up and, and what it's going to look like as you go forward. Well, it goes without saying that, uh, you know, the impact that small businesses have on our economy locally, nationally, even worldwide, I mean, it's immense. Currently, the Lincoln Chamber, our membership is comprised of about 79% small businesses. 
90% of all global companies are defined as those small business characteristics. And so when you talk about the 29 million small companies throughout the United States, uh, that's pretty much anywhere from one to 500 employees. So one of Jason's first items as our new president is to engage. And we want to get a great group of our small business representatives within our chamber membership, those leaders, and uh, kind of kick off the inaugural Small Business Advisory Council. And so this group will represent, uh, you know, the interest of small business within our community and also a chance to, to kind of discuss the opportunities, the challenges, the questions, the concerns that lie ahead. Obviously, a lot still, uh, you know, pretty uncertain as we navigate the current uh, landscape for 2022 in a, in a pandemic world. But, um, you know, this council will represent different sized businesses, also industries, uh, different length of chamber membership and uh, locations throughout our community. So here's how this works. If you're a chamber member and they're interested in being on the Small Business Advisory Council, you can go to our website, lcoc.com, and on the main page, there's the, the membership tab, which is in the top left. And if you kind of scroll down that drop-down menu, there's the Small Business Advisory Council on the bottom of the page. It's just kind of a short little questionnaire for our chamber members who lead those small businesses Kind of fill that out. Still have some time to return that as we kind of form that council. So get that in by February 4th. Uh, the representation on the council, it'll change on an annual basis. So looking for, uh, you know, a chance to kind of refresh that council, have some new, fresh perspectives, varied voices as this kind of begins. And so it's not just great for small businesses who are currently chamber members, but, you know, if you're kind of on the fence, maybe your business is thinking about chamber membership, you know, this is a great uh, kind of added benefit there if you want to. Yeah serve those, um, you know, serve those, um, you know, kind of thoughts and uh, perspectives that, uh, you know, can kind of help out our whole community. So, yep, head to lcoc.com and look for the Small Business Advisory Council tab. Sounds like a, a useful tool as we uh, get into a new era there at the Chamber. And then, real quick, Chris, in the couple of minutes we have left, I, I, we talked a little bit about this on, on the Arrow, I think it was a couple of days ago, about property evaluations, uh, but people should know they can check them out online now if they, they want to take a look at what's happening there. Yeah, absolutely. With the new year coming, an update to the preliminary real property evaluations. And just a good reminder for anybody, not just chamber members, but everybody in Lincoln and Lancaster County, the website you want to go to is orion.lancaster.ne.gov. A good place to go is just to the county's website as well. There's links on there, too. But uh, those evaluations are now up. One big thing to take note of is how to request an informal review of your property. So if you want to get that process going, it's a newer one that was introduced last year. You can either schedule a review on that website by filling out a form, or you can request an interview by phone. Uh, those reviews will begin on February 1st and continue through February 18th. But, yep, the, the good place to go there, orion.lancaster.ne.gov. And, of course, um, you know, as you guys mentioned, you did a story on that, so you can find that link, I'm sure, on your website, too. Yep. Yep, uh, and I'm pulling it up right now to see just uh, just how much my sweet new deck is going to impact uh, that property valuation. Oh, boy, we'll see. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you, Chris. I appreciate it. By the way, real quick, uh, how do you feel about the Bengals this weekend? It's been, hey, man, a, it's it's all, been a long time. It, it's all gravy, you know. I didn't think they'd ever you know, improve upon beating Cody Carlson in the 1991 playoffs when he was the quarterback of the Houston Oilers. But, wow. uh, you know, hey, they're here. They get a chance to... Take down the Titans, uh, pretty much playing with house money at this point. So, I don't know. They might get it done. Who I, knows? We'll see. I know you probably don't want to hear this, but I've kind of adopted them. So, I'll try not to cheer too hard because I don't usually have luck with my team. Well, so. hey, it worked out. They got a win. Yep. So, it's only it's only up from here, I guess. Exactly. Hey, good to talk to you, Chris. Uh, always like to hear your voice again. We'll uh, check in with you next week, all right? 
You bet, boys. Take care. There goes Chris Whitney, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Seven o'clock hours coming up. Joe Jordan joined us. Morning drive. Mike Flood at eight ten, and uh, also top five Tuesday at eight thirty-five. Seven o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. KLIN. All right, thirty-one degrees on your Tuesday morning, January eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. Jack Venture along with Caleb Henry, Mark Bale, Chris Lofgren, Time Saver Traffic. And uh, on Tuesday mornings at 710, uh, we talk to reporter for News Channel Nebraska, Joe Jordan, about things going on in the uh, state politics and news. Morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How's it going? Good. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting because the big political news of the week has to do uh, with Mike Flood's announcement to to run for the House, and of course, you've got the uh, interesting waters to navigate now, where uh, it's no secret that Flood is the the founder and CEO of, of Flood Communications, which uh, News Channel Nebraska and, and other media entities are are owned by. I, I, I guess I just want to ask you up front, like. What do you do now? <laughs> because this is obviously normally a, a, not only a topic you would report on extensively, you would you would cover, you would write about, you would talk about, you talk with me about. How do you navigate this this process with uh, with integrity and um, and and all those journalistic things that that you're very aware of here over the course of the next few months? Well, we at NCN have decided, and I and I don't really think there was any other. Uh, available path that our coverage of uh, the flood Fortenberry race, which obviously also includes uh, Congressman Fortenberry's legal problems as his indictment and, and all that, we're going to leave the actual coverage to the Associated Press on the uh, print side and on the video side. We're probably going to leave it for the most part. There'll be probably some additions here and there. To uh, reports that come out of a, in effect, out of a 1011 News uh, and and the, and the great broadcasting operation, it's just becomes extremely difficult to try to report on someone who is quote in effect your boss uh, without looking either you're being hip, too heavy-handed, so you're the tough journalist uh, not giving in, or you're or you're you know bending over backwards to make sure that you keep the boss happy. So given those two choices. I think there really isn't much choice to make, and NCN has decided that, again, we'll, we'll, we'll punt the print coverage to AP uh, and the uh, video coverage to, uh, to, in effect, to gray broadcasting. Can I still ask you anything about <laughs> about that race over the next few weeks and months? Do, can we talk well, about I, it? <laughs> I think here and there, I, I, I for one thing, that, that in my mind, uh, things that I've already said about Fortenberry's situation I don't think those those change any whether Mike Flood's in the race or isn't in the race, and and that is that to me, uh, what matters to Fortenberry first and foremost, and as I, you and I have talked about this several times, and I think I've said this several times, is is the trial. If he's if he's found not guilty, the sooner the better for him, and if he's found guilty, then it's a done deal because he he won't be able to be a U.S. congressman. So uh, I don't think that changes whether, as I said, whether Mike Flood's in the race or not. Fortenberry, in my view, has to get this thing behind him sooner than later, and with a with a with a positive for him, positive, not guilty verdict. Yeah, no, no, I don't. And 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 you have we we've both said that, and it's obvious here at this point that that's in his vested interest. Will be interesting to see if they're actually able to accomplish that, given kind of the voluminous. 
uh, evidence that you've you've got in a case like this. And I guess I guess Joe, the interesting situation would be if he is somehow um, acquitted before before the, this would actually go to the voters. Um, right. And 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 I don't know. I don't know what happens then. I don't know how that changes the race. I don't know who's in the race. If everybody's staying in throughout this whole thing, uh, that to me is the most interesting scenario in terms of not knowing how this whole thing is going to go. Right, and it's and I haven't heard any other names, but it's not impossible that in the next thirty days, because that's pretty much when the filing deadline occurs—the end of February, beginning of March—that uh, someone else could join the Republican primary against Fortenberry. And that's just that you know, nothing right. precludes that from happening at this point. Yeah. In time. Uh, all right, and just a note for our listeners, and and I guess for you too, Joe. Uh, Mike Flood is going to join me at eight ten uh, this morning, and he had he had, he had certainly some things to say in the introductory press conference. But I'm looking forward to kind of drilling down deeper on on his decision to get in, uh, about how he's going to set himself apart, uh, about his thoughts on some of these issues that are of course going to be relevant in in that race, and if he ends up being elected to the House. So that'll be at eight ten this morning. Uh, l- so let's let's move on since we'll get into that extensively later let's move on to uh the the decision in douglas county to go forward with a mask mandate i guess my first question is joe in in talking to you about the past and maybe i'm maybe i'm misremembering something or 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 forgetting it but it was it was my thought that douglas county did not have the the didn't do this before because they didn't believe they had the power but wished they could and now they are doing it am i remembering that right or has something changed with that whole thing well it's a little bit grayer than that to put it uh <laughs> to put it one way the last time this came up which would have been i think we were i think it was august of 2020 yeah, summer uh, i think yeah summer of 20 because it was prior to the omaha city council eventually enacting a mass mandate the uh, then uh, Douglas County Health uh, Director, who, <laughs> and this really gets crazy, Jack, who by default or some crazy quirk in the system is the City of Omaha Health Director during a pandemic. Ah. So apparently, not at other times. This is really okay. I know, I, people are kind of shaking their heads. I'm sure trying to figure this whole thing out. Because, but anyway, uh, her, uh, Dr. Poor at that point in time said that they that they felt they had depending on which attorney in the city and the county they were talking to, they felt they were on legal grounds to go ahead and enact a mask mandate back in in the summer of 2020. But they didn't because they knew there was going to be a legal fight from the state of Nebraska. The governor had made it clear back then, as he has again, and this time there was a legal fight, that if the the city went ahead, there'd be a a law, in, in effect, the county went ahead for the city, there'd be a lawsuit. So they they backed off and said, well, we're not going to do it. And then the city council went ahead and enacted the mask mandate for the city of Omaha. Uh, and that lasted for, I think, some nine months until, I think it was until Memorial Day 2021. So uh, this time, the uh, county health director, who then by default is the city health director during a pandemic, uh, has come out and said that with the uh, numbers rising and, and yesterday, uh, there were 2,500 positive cases of uh, the virus uh, reported in Douglas County, which was, I'm pretty sure, the first time it exceeded the 2,000 count for one day. But in the, in the past 10 days, it's been 1,500, 1,700, 1,800, and then yesterday, 2,500. Basically, looking at those numbers, 
realizing that the vaccination rate in Douglas County is at 69% and has been sort of 69% in holding for quite some time, the full vaccination rate, uh, which it means, you know, vaccinations and booster. So 69% in holding for quite some time. She felt that there was nothing, nothing left in her plate to do except go with the mask mandate. So she announces it. Uh, against the uh, advice or support, certainly from from Mayor Stothard, who is, is who says <laughs> this also gets pretty interesting. While the governor and the attorney general maintain that uh, the Douglas County Health Director does not have the authority to issue a mask mandate uh, for the city of Omaha, the mayor, who doesn't want the mask mandate, says she does have the authority to do that. <laughs> so we have every possible position represented in this group. Every possible yeah. permutation of yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and and in the end, for the most part, it's a it's a partisan battle. You've got uh, everybody, all those that are opposed to it on the city council. You've got the three Republicans opposed to the mandate. The Democrats are okay with it. On the county board, pretty much the same. Democrats for it, Republicans against it. I think, with the exception of uh, of the uh, Douglas County Chair, who's a Republican, Marianne Borgeson. Uh, I'm not specifically sure she's in favor of the mandate, but she's she's the only Republican who shows up at the county board meetings wearing a mask. Hmm. So take that for what it's worth. But and then then you got the governor, the attorney general, uh, you know, against it, filing the lawsuit. Uh, so it's 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 a it's it's a partisan fight for the most part. And the hearing is uh, scheduled for Monday at 10 o'clock in Douglas County District Court. So the, uh, that's what I wondered is if the thought was there's enough time, because I know the, the health director talked about this, uh, being very clear about this being temporary. I think she even enumerated something like uh, the hope was four weeks or, or something yes, like that. But th- there's a sense that this can be adjudicated one way or the other before it's moot, right? If the hearing's coming up that quickly. It could be. To me, the question is, for whichever way the judge rules on this, uh, the question is, would there, well, first of all, when when is the judge going to rule? If the judge, you know, is, is, is slow to rule, so to speak, is, is the four weeks going to be up before we ever get a decision? Um, I would doubt that being the case, but putting that aside for a second, would the judge, for instance, say, uh, Omaha, uh, the mass mandate is okay, but we're going to we're going to you know allow the injunction to hold right now mm-hmm. while we figure things out further down the road. There's a lot of potential give and takes on how this thing could play out in terms of uh, the, the legal side. And then, of course, whoever loses, I presume, certainly if the state loses, yeah, you know they're going to appeal. Uh, will, the, will the county and city appeal? I don't know the answer to that yet. But if they if there's an appeal. During the appeal process, is the mask mandate off or on, depending on who wins or loses at the uh, at the district court level? Yeah. So uh, it's 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 it. There's a lot of bumps in the road here coming. I guess it just depends if there's kind of a, essentially a temporary restraining order, a TRO that would uh, that would right. impact this mo- most quickly. Uh, uh, last thing about this, what's been? I mean, I think I can guess, but what's been the reception uh, over the course of of the last week locally? Because you know, we in Lincoln keep forgetting that you know, for a long time we were kind of the only ones who who had this, and you were reminded when you would you would go to Omaha on those things. What's been the reception, and and what's been uh, whether it's anecdotal or not, what's kind of been the adherence and and the response to it? 
bit anecdotal, but it depends on whose anecdote you want to listen to. <laughs> there are there are there are there are people that are calling into radio talk shows saying, "I was at Shopko uh, over the weekend, and only half the people had a mask on." And then someone else in the community is is online saying, "You know, I was at uh, Walmart, and uh, you know, ninety five percent of people had had a mask on." So you know, there's no there's no rhyme or reason or or, or, or or database you can go to to figure out if this thing is working. What we do know, uh, I'm pretty sure, is that the Omaha Police Department has not issued any citations yet for uh, violating the mask mandate, which is a whole other element, because during the first mask mandate by the city council, if anyone was ticketed, and I think there were a couple, and I think they just kind of, I, I don't think it ever really went anywhere, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fine, it was a $100 fine. Violating this mask mandate is a, is a six month prison, six month jail sentence max and a $500 fine. So that's a huge, you know, up from the $100 fine, you know, to, to six months in jail and 500 bucks. But again, there's no, we've had no reports of anybody being arrested or ticketed because of a violation of the mask yeah. mandate. Uh, since you know, in the in the five or six days we're into this thing right now, the, the, and I doubt there will be. But the the weird thing about right. the thing in 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 Lincoln, Joe, is like I, I think I can tell, but it's kind of close in terms of how much masking there is with or without the mandate. When when it was gone for that little bit, lots of people were still doing it. When it's here, a lot of people now are not doing it because there's no enforcement of it, and so. And, and and again, that's like you said, that's anecdotal. Those are the places that I go. I'm sure there are places that are different from that, but that's been one of the the fascinating things to uh, to me with this whole thing. So so we'll see. Uh, real quick, last last thought here. I know the governor gave his his uh, state of the state speech last week and kind of laid out some spending priorities. There's still a lot of attention on. Of course, what happens uh, with some of those COVID relief fund dollars, that's that's taken up a lot of discussion. Also interesting to me, there was a focus on income tax um, more, I don't know, more directly is the word, but usually property taxes at the top of the list when you're talking about tax reform. And income tax was, was something that was one of the governor's priorities. Any any reactions uh, from you from what you've heard from the governor over the course of the last week as we get into the legislative session? I wasn't very surprised by any of it, to be honest with you. Uh, and in terms of the, the, the income tax, I mean, he's been pushing, you know, to lower the income tax uh, on, on, uh, on, on corporations and individuals for quite some time, uh, and that just continues. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. What, I guess if there was one thing missing in the speech, uh, not, not that it's not out there, but he didn't talk about the. Uh, uh, I think it's LB 408, which is the legislation that would put a lid on the property tax increases at the local level. It, they still they still want it. He did talk about it at, at the Rotunda news conference he had, where apparently he was exposed to COVID at that point in time. That it was discussed there. He, he promoted it, said he still wants that legislation to go through, but he didn't mention it in the state of the state address, which I thought was was curious. And so, you know, we know we know that the schools are against the lid, and um, most locals want local control. And they don't want the state telling them how much they can or can't spend. Uh, but uh, the governor has, has, in the past, he's put that in the state of the state, at least one one occasion for certain that I know the year before, and I think that the year before that as well, they were talking about the possibility of a lid. So, but this year, it, it's out that the legislation is still sitting in you know in the unicam, 
but uh, the governor did not mention it during the during his speech, which I thought was kind of interesting. Maybe he's just they're trying to you know lower the the, the volume on that issue yeah. and try to get it through without too much too much uh, pushback from the especially from the school side. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. All right, Joe. Hey, I uh, appreciate your time as always. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a good one. All right. Tell Mike Flood I said hi. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska, 726 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, let's get it started with number five. Last week, following the State of the State Address, Governor Ricketts uh, did his uh, tour of the state and hit the media markets and talked about what he told the legislature. Well, gubernatorial candidate Jim Pillen is going to be doing his version of uh, Fly Around today. He'll start at 10 this morning at the state capitol and then head to other cities. Uh, Pillen will be joined by Coach Tom Osborne, former Governor Kay Orr, and a special guest. Oh, a special guest beyond? Yes. That? I mean, if you're not making Tom Osborne the special guest... you got to be somebody this pretty... Better, this uh, should be a pretty big deal, right? What? Okay, wild speculation. Who could the special guest be? Boy. Donald Trump coming to Lincoln, right? That's what it is. Tr- uh, not- Trump flipping. They flip Trump. Is that what this is? Uh, I doubt it. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, speculation it could be, you know, former Governor Dave Heinemann. Nah, nah, probably not. Yeah, nah, I don't think so. Could be another governor or former governor. Ooh, oh, so what are we talking? Like uh, like uh, Christy Noam, Kim Reynolds, that kind of a thing? Something like that. Mike Huckabee could be, you know, somebody like that who's uh, well-known in the conservative circles. Some so. media, some conservative media, some Fox talk show person. Personality. Could be. I don't even know who you'd get for that. Maybe okay. it's, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a former attorney, now radio host. No, uh, uh, it's I mean, not me. It's, it's not, not Clay I Travis. Con- I can confirm. Oh, it yeah, could be Clay Travis. I don't know. It could be. Uh, <laughs> if so, it is Clay uh, Travis, if you're in town, stop by KLIN. We have your show on our airwaves. Yeah. Also, I want to argue with you about a bunch of stuff. That too. I want to. I want to video that. Right, stop uh, it. And some okay. of them are sports. Craig uh, just, just said he thinks it'll be Ben Carson. Oh, Ben Carson. Let me throw out a couple other names for you. All right. Do you throw have, out, do you have this from your uh, internal? Uh, no, sources? this is these. This is Curse. wild and uneducated speculation. All right. Mike Flood. Legislature's back in session today. I don't know whether Flood would leave uh, with the legislature back. How about... Could be. How about Ben Sass? I know they're voting on voting voting rights, so that's hey, probably not it either. Steven but. says Billy Sims. Billy Sims? Why would, why would Billy... Why would he's, Billy he's just throwing stuff out there, too, like you. Okay, if, a former run, if it's going to be a former running back, it's going to be Herschel Walker, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, he's a Senate candidate. I know. Doing pretty well in Georgia. Could be Chubba Purdy. <laughs> no, I don't think it's, it's not, not going to be Chubba. It's not going to be Chubba. It's not going to be Chubba. You know? Cable guy? Ooh. Uh, Could be. Uh, Governor Ricketts. Wait, I got one that'll blow your mind. Leary and Gaylor Baird. Shock in the world. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, probably not. But I, here's the thing: that would throw all of the narratives on their head. I, I like you know what I like your uh, I like your Christy Noem suggestion. I, I think that's a that's a decent shot of who it is. But on the other hand, if it truly is a big name, don't you say it? Don't you say it? Or I or or you want to get dorks like me talking you want about the speculation. it? Speculation. You want? The, I wouldn't have put this on the morning drive if I didn't have that hook. Look at I just see people playing me, and I just go you know hook, line, and sinker with the whole <laughs> thing, and I do it just like Wallet Hub. They're playing me like a fiddle. Zach Taylor. How about Matt Davison? <laughs> Ooh, actually. Ooh. Ron DeSantis. Mm, well, he and Trump are feuding now. Yeah. Or Trump is feuding with him. Matt Davison is a good one, too. You know, that, that gives you the football I'm, program I'm, tie. I'm, I'm going to get another text from Matt Davison with the formal announcement that it's not him. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start just guessing Matt Davison for everything so he can just let us know. No, Noam and Davison are the best. Mark's provided my answers have been terrible. Uh, I think your two have been good. Political expert. Well, Mark Vale. I try to, you know, keep my ears to the ground. There's no, it's not going to be, a, Heidemann won, uh, it's not going to be Heidemann. I don't think, I think Heidemann aligns with Lindstrom eventually. That's my prediction. Somebody said Mike Johans from Mo. That's an interesting one. That would be. But he's kind of faded in, in, from the, the scene, you know. I, I, with with former Governor Orr, Tom Osborne, it would just seem like it would have to be somebody in the political arena. Listen, me. I, I, I mean, I hate to... Well, if Orr is going to be there, I would think, is Taylor Gage going to be there? Well, yeah, he's the... Well, yeah, well, well, but, no, the, no. but does that bring Ricketts? No, Taylor Gage won't be there. Why? I mean, well, the, the Republican state committee is not going to get in the middle of a primary. Well, that was the concern, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy said Ben Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Listen, you know, it's not hard to figure out how all these, quote, teams are breaking down right now within the, the gubernatorial race, right? You got the, you well, got, yeah. you got the Trump Herbster uh, portion of it. You got the, you got the Ricketts or... Ricketts Pillen, Osborne group, and then you got, and then, and then I still think there's a third one that's the whatever Heineman exactly is, but I don't, I think he and I don't see him being behind Ricketts guy. That, that, I mean, just, I'd more likely see him be being behind Herbster to be honest. But anyway, all right, well, fascinating. And well, then what? They're flying around, flying around uh, yep. the yeah, state. They're going to, uh, I think they're going to Carney. Um, Michelle said Elvis. <laughs> now that would be breaking news. <laughs> Herbster gonna have me, a, I brought back Elvis. Her, Herbster's Trump ads aren't going to look so impressive anymore when he found Elvis living. <laughs> As they said in Men in Black, <laughs> Elvis ain't dead. He just went home. Ladies and gentlemen, K.O.R., Tom Osborne, Elvis and Tupac. I'm Jim Dillon. <laughs> I was like, all right, I've got some questions, and they are not political. <laughs> <laughs>
number four. Speaking of possible uh, people, Chubba uh, Purdy, you say no? It wouldn't be? Well, uh, no, I don't think so. He did announce his decision to transfer to Nebraska, second quarterback headed uh, through the transfer portal. Casey Thompson announced his move January 7th from Texas. Purdy uh, said in November he planned to leave Florida State. He played behind Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton and appeared in just one game. Played three games in 2020. Four-star recruit out of Perry High School, Glendale, Arizona. The addition of Thompson and Purdy. Now have five. Count them. Let's go. Five. Let's do A. Again, seasons haven't been going so well, but man... The offseason has been a delight. Things are things have been going pretty good in the offseason. It well, has. You just shouldn't have seasons. But the thing, think about it when you had the the vote of confidence and the restructured contract for Scott Frost was there has to be some changes. And part of those changes were the coaching staff. The other change was the quarterback room probably needs to get some more folks in there. Um, because you just had so many underclassmen, you didn't know how things would go. So you got Casey Thompson. That's your presumed starter. Two years of eligibility remaining. You bring in Chalva Purdy. He's a he's going to be a third-year freshman. He has four years of eligibility remaining. Logan Smothers has had a little bit of run. He's got three years left. Heinrich Harburg, who I am very high on with his athletic ability, and he's going to get You're the... very Heinrich? That's exactly correct. Um, he's got four years left, and incoming freshman Richard Torres has got four, five if he okay. redshirts. All, all five of those guys around here come uh, May? May? No. I, I do think, and here's the thing, if they had not added any quarterbacks, I thought Logan Smothers might still be the day one starter, but Harburg would pass him up, just from what we saw. Now, maybe things are going to be different under Mark Whipple and the way guys develop, um, but I think when we get to the fall, you might have Logan Smothers going somewhere else. And that's not a knock on Logan Logan Smothers at all. It's just you now have a crowded room. Yeah. And I don't necessarily see a path towards Smothers getting a starting job in Nebraska in the next three seasons. I'm looking forward to spring. I mean, this is going to be a significantly more interesting spring than last year was with a new offensive coordinator, new new other assistants, uh, a, a, you know, a quarterback. I don't know if Thompson's the presumed starter, or I I guess I kind of think it, but I'm, I'm not sure. I can't wait to hear what Frost says about all of that, what Whipple says about all of that. I'm. It'll be fascinating, you know, transfer running backs, new wide receivers, uh, in addition to the guys. And I think everyone's already. pretty much on the same level because you've got everyone is walking into a room with a new quarterbacks coach, a new offensive coordinator. No quarterbacks necessarily have a giant advantage. Um, in terms of knowing the playbook. Now, I think things are going to stay mostly the same for number. Like, you're not going to overhaul the entire playbook. So maybe that leans towards Smothers. But Purdy's got the experience, and Thompson's got a lot of experience coming out of Texas. So it, it is. The, the storyline at quarterback alone is enough to keep you interested through spring, let alone special teams. What's happening on defense, the rest of the offense. With where I was seven weeks <laughs> with where I was seven weeks ago, Caleb, it's it's almost shocking to say it, but they did it again. By the time it's uh, August 1st, mm-hmm. my uh, scarlet-colored glasses are going to oh, be... Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be fired up again. And we're still going to see what, uh, what, what steps forward the offensive line takes. They've added a couple of transfers. Yeah. Guys have had another year to develop. You have a new, um, you'll have a new starting center for the first time in a few years. Yep. I'm so excited for all, all right. of this already. Championship! <laughs> Just Natty! <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Omicron and Delta coronavirus variants account for the vast majority of COVID-19 cases now, but 
How can you tell the difference? Well, researchers at Oxford University studied about a quarter of a million cases and what the most common symptoms were for each. study found that a sore throat more commonly reported in Omicron, loss of smell or taste, more common in Delta. Uh, Most of the symptoms are pretty much the same. Fever, cough, fatigue, headache, shortness of breath. Uh, So... Yeah, none of us have had COVID nineteen. Uh, no, but I can. I obviously had, had people who were close to me, and the sore throat was a thing. No, no loss of of taste, smell, none of that of any of the kind of group of people that I know that have have uh, had it recently. It's been like more of a. You know, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, so I probably shouldn't diagnose this. But it seems like it's like higher up, right? It seems like it's throat and. It's in the throat less so than the lungs. I didn't hear shortness of breath from any anyone in my concentric circle that has had this recently. It has been more about the sore wow. throat, the cough, concentric all of those sorts of things. Friends, yes, wow, I do. Friends and friends and family. Concentric, uh, but it is interesting. Did you hear, Mark? I don't know if you heard this. We were we were talking in the sound off. China is just now, you know. China's saying it, so it's obviously true. But but China's just now saying they're getting their first cases of Omicron right yep. now. They had two in a city of, I think, three million, and they shut down the city. Yeah. I just didn't, I guess really... I hadn't realized that it hadn't, I was kind of thinking it was of course, doing what it's doing here everywhere now. But of course, they're now saying the that they think it's probably coming into the country on parcels shipped from the United States and from other Western yeah. countries. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a, so, it survives the. Yeah. <laughs> So I, you know, I firmly believe that that this is their first case. Yeah, <laughs> somebody sneezed on a box of blue jeans, and uh, my, my concentric circle of cynicism, and <laughs> it says, uh-uh. "Would you? Would you? If that's just starting there, this is going to be, you know, I mean, other places have shown this is like a month to six week thing. Uh, that is right with the Olympics, like exactly right with the Olympics. So, yep." We'll see what happens there. Number two. Sue Popsil, uh, Omaha World Herald's got a uh, story in both the World Herald and the Journal Star. Uh, Lincoln-based group, Dormy Network, uh, has been approved to build an 18-hole course, a golf course north of Maxwell, uh, about 15 minutes from I-80, exit 190. Expected completion in 2024. Expected to be a big deal. Yeah. 18 holes, build on about 2,500 acres, owned by Olson Farms of Hershey. Um, North Platte Telegraph reported the course would include a 10 to 12,000 square foot clubhouse and restaurant, maintenance facility, and lodging. Look at all that golf in the sand hills. Goodness, they're uh, they're getting at it. They they are getting at it right now. Uh, and and I want and you golfers will have to. You guys, golfers, will have to. I'm a like once every year or two golfer. You'll have to check with Chris Lofgren. He's Lo- maybe Lofgren, he probably can answer this question right now. I, I didn't know if there was something about the the soil there, or or just that there's a lot of land there. There's a lot of space. You are yeah. wide open. That's what it is. And it's. I didn't want to stereotype Western Nebraska. I thought. No, if, it's, it's. I it's thought a if good I thing. said. I thought if I said something like, oh. Wide open area. It's just the uh, the prairie. You would yep. be like, that's that's districtist. And they wanted to get closer to the uh, North Platte Airport, which is Lee Bird Field, by the way. Thank you. I and we all know they have, that. They have but... a very large uh, runway there, and they are also one of the major stopovers on coast to coast private jet flights for refueling and for oh re- yeah. Uh, 
when I take, talking, uh, when I go to my vacation on Beatrice, we usually go Beatrice North Platte to refuel Lincoln. Is usually the route stop we take. It. Just stop it, <laughs> Lofgren. You uh, golf in the sand. You've, I'm sure you've golfed in the sand hills, haven't you? Uh, a little yeah, bit, a few times. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what is what is it about that area that the topography? It, number is one, that what it is? Okay. Probably, and the conditions. It's ironic, but that is the desert out there. Really, they don't get a lot of rain and uh, harsh weather. It's it gets cold. And they get a few snow flurries and stuff, but it's not uh, like what we see around here yeah. a lot of the time and that kind of stuff. And then the sand soil, sandy soil, um, not a whole lot of work has to go into building a golf course out right. there. You you work on Put your the greens, flag in the ground and you got it, basically. And you're good to go. I, I yeah. understand I understand the sand traps are easy to, to take care of, too. <laughs> there's, hey, there's natural sand. Have you, gotten, have you gotten out in January yet around here? Not around N- here. Not here? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I mean, it's going to be like 59 degrees today, Chris. I know. I'm just saying. My golf clubs I go, I were dr- talking to me this morning. I drive by homes, homes, and I've seen people there almost every day here yep. through this entire winter. So. I've seen a few on the country club, too. All right. The Thank other, you, The Chris. other thing that they get to, to deal with out there are rattlesnakes. So. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. always, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Number one. This is a story about a man getting a birthday present that he really wanted. Susie Nelson writes for the Wahoo newspaper. Ron Vanderveen, was a, he was a child growing up in Ontario, Canada. Fond memories of Dairy Queen. And he gets to work one day at the Wahoo Dairy. That was a, the gift his family got him. They surprised him. They drove him to Wahoo and they said, well, go to work. You're going to work at the DQ here after they called and made arrangements for this to happen. I've been to that Dairy Queen, Have by you? the way. I, I, I probably have, too, as well. It is not in my uh, top five Tuesday of destinations for a birthday. <laughs> well, Ron uh, stood there in awe, according to the paper, saying it was a dream come true. And then he said, quote, my life is complete. Oh, did he? What I want to know, I wish I should call him. I would love to hear. Did you do? Did you hand the blizzard to people upside down? Well, if you didn't, it's free. That's what it says. That's true. Has anybody ever called him on that? That's what all the signs say. Okay. You guys can stop that, DQ. It's okay. We believe you. I mean, you've been doing it since the 80s. I don't think it's going to spill. That said, Mark, maybe we've stumbled upon a potential solution to the labor shortages? Could be. Every, birthday surprise jobs. What would yours be? Congratulations, Jack Mitchell. You're now a corrections worker. <laughs> Anyway, this is the state pen- Happy birthday. Penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Caleb, happy birthday. Welcome to the wastewater plant. Mm. <laughs> Your dream come true. I am not dressed for this. <laughs> this is, gra- is going to start a great trend of giving people day jobs for their birthday, helping the labor shortage. And, and, what, uh, and what, pray tell, would you have me doing? Uh, Mark, let's see, where is a labor shortage area that we could use, uh, that we could use Mark? Putting you in a student loan call center. (laughs) That'd be amazing. I don't know. I'll keep thinking, Mark. Your birthday's a little ways away. Yeah, get is. on it. It is. All right, it's seven fifty-six. <laughs> that is it by your morning drive, and it is brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Seven fifty-six on KLIN. You off, Grin.
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3. It's like, it's like football coaching search season. Mark is tracking tail numbers to see if the special guest at the Pillin thing is today. Where are the private planes coming in from today? Well, there's one from Norfolk. We probably know where that one's coming from. Okay. Omaha, Columbia, Missouri, Columbus, Nebraska, Newport News, okay. Virginia, and Wilmington, Delaware. Biden! It's Biden! That's the secret weapon in this race. Pillin' and Biden, 2022. State of the clock, 8 o'clock, KLIM Lincoln. Yeah. All right, big news over the weekend. A contested GOP primary when it comes to the first district house race. Uh, the announcement on Sunday from State Senator Mike Flood. And uh, had some words to say then. And, and we were like, hey, we'd like to talk to him and, and kind of ask him some more questions about his candidacy and, and uh, what he's going to stand for in, in this particular race. So he does join us right now on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Uh, good morning, Senator Flood. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good, Jack. How are you? I'm good. Good. You got a lot going on here between uh, you know what's going on with the legislature and and uh, announcing this uh, this candidacy. Take me through, I guess, kind of what the last few weeks and months as you've been weighing this, not only in terms of looking at the race and the situation uh, with that seat right now, but just kind of personally and you know, obviously, it, uh, it's a major. If you win this thing, going to Washington back and forth. You know, you got family here. There, there's a lot that goes into that. It's a little bit different than going to Lincoln for the legislative session. Tell me a little bit about that process for you. Well, just, you know, I appreciate that. Just by way of background. So I'm, I'm in the same business you are. I have radio and TV stations and um, have grown my business across the state, have over 100 employees. And, you know, last fall, uh, when, they, when the last <laughs> fiat came down from President Biden, they were talking about, uh, you know, the, making sure people got vaccinated. I was dealing, like we all are, in a situation where we have workforce shortages, or we have, uh, we're having trouble finding positions to, to, get, to get people filled in those positions. And uh, when all of a sudden I was looking at some of my existing staff and thinking they weren't going to be sticking around if this all went through, I thought, my goodness, we got to get the government out of, out of business. Uh, this is difficult enough in the pandemic. And, and God knows um, I got vaccinated. I understand the value of it, but not everybody uh, wants to be dictated to uh, when it comes to their personal health care decisions. So I started thinking about it then, and obviously at the same time, uh, our congressman, uh, Jeff Fortenberry, uh, had been indicted uh, with three felonies um, out in California, and it, it just became obvious to me that if his attention is focused on dealing with this out-of-state environment with these prosecutors uh, in a courtroom in California, He's not going to have the time to be campaigning across the 1st District of Nebraska. And I think that puts the seat at risk. Uh, if our goal is to retake the House, if our goal is to uh, fire Nancy Pelosi, then we need to be really serious about who the Republican nominee is for Congress. And I believe that uh, with my record in the legislature, having been Speaker for six years and served for eight prior, and now I'm back representing the Norfolk area in the legislature. I have the experience in the legislature. I like the legislative environment. I can bring people together. But more than anything, um, I want to be a voice for the 1st Congressional District. I want to be a voice for the city of Lincoln. Uh, this town has so much going for it. And with a, with a new bit of energy in Washington, I think I can do great things for the 1st Congressional District. And so over the weekend, I made that announcement, and I... I've just been amazed at the outpouring of support that I've received from places like Stanton and David City and 
Osceola and right here in the city of Lincoln. Is is it fair or not to say that, but for the ongoing criminal proceedings against Congressman Fortenberry that you you mentioned, that this isn't a race you would have thrown your hat into, or were you was this something you were thinking about anyway? No, I think that's a fair statement at the at the onset. The other thing is uh, that I have I have a lot of new fresh energy. You know, I I do have a business that is doing well, and I have everything set there to be able to keep that going. I'm at a point in my career where I'm ready to engage full-time. I'm ready to pour my energy into uh, my public service and do it at a level where I can really be a voice for the broader area. You know, this is a big district with a lot of people in it. It spans from Lincoln all the way to Starpy County, all the way up to Norfolk. You know, my wife's from Columbus. She graduated from Columbus SCOTUS. I'm from Norfolk. So, you know, I really feel like I understand this district. I went to law school here. I've served in the legislature here for nine years now. I feel like I really do understand what people in the city of Lincoln are focused on and and the priorities uh, that they have that we have in, in Washington. By the way, I made that drive to Columbus on Friday night for a basketball game. That's not a that's not a pleasant drive from Lincoln, even when it's beautiful weather out. But when the snow's blowing across the uh, highway, it's it's even worse. But but uh, tell your wife there's like 15 ways to go from Lincoln. I, to I asked I asked my friends who are from Columbus. I was like, how? What is the best way? And they told me. And then my wife put it in the Google Maps, and it gave me like every app has a different way. Once and for all, if you could get her to just jot me down the very best way and like text it to me, I'd appreciate that. That would be very it's helpful. It's kind of like playing Frogger. I mean, everybody it's has ridiculous. a different way to get to the end. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I, you know, it doesn't, uh, Senator, it doesn't uh, take a rock sign to see why you and others would think it makes sense to have a candidate that isn't litigating a federal indictment represent Nebraska GOP in this race. I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear. It makes sense. But beyond that, Congressman Fortenberry is a long record in the House. I'm sure you're well aware of. Do you see yourself as having any relevant departures from him on on uh, policy or, or how, how you do the job? Well, you know, I think uh, I respect the service of uh, Congressman Fortenberry. And um, I really think this is about, you know, where his attention is right now and where it should be as he deals with something that's pretty serious uh, in California. Um, You know, one of the things that I would say that I bring to this, and um, it's really my background, in addition to uh, being a broadcaster, I'm also an an attorney that worked in general practice. And so when it comes to advocacy and the ability to uh, go to bat uh, on complex, complicated issues, I think that's uh, a plus that I have. The other thing I think that's important is I've made a payroll since I was 24 years old. I know that uh, <laughs> I know how to run a business, and I know how important it is uh, to take care of your employees, to treat them well, and uh, to make sure that we have an environment where businesses can thrive. And I think that business experience, combined with my ability and and prior experience in general practice and advocacy, convincing others, influencing others, working inside a system to become a leader in the United States House of Representatives and deliver for the first district. You know, I'm I'm committed to this for the long term, and I want to see it happen. So, yeah, I think there are some differences. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he's been there 18 years. Uh, I would be a fresh start. I've got a lot of energy, and when I 
decide to do something, I put myself a thousand percent into it, and that's what I intend to do here. Uh, in, in the scenario where, and, and I don't know what's going to happen, you, you may have a better idea than me exactly what the litigation in, in California that's going on. If if he's somehow acquitted before the the uh, the primary actually happens, is it your plan to stay in in this no matter what? Well, I decided to run for it for all the right reasons. I, I want to serve. I want to be a voice for the 1st Congressional District. I'm I'm not plan B. I am uh, planning to win. And here's the deal. I'm going to work as hard as I need to work to win in May, and then I will win in November. I will work hard to win in November. And um, at the end of the day, that's what I think uh, in a Republican primary. Uh, we have to make sure that we have a Republican in Congress. And at the end of the day, I feel I can be very successful in November and uh, begin serving the 1st Congressional District in January. So, um Whatever happens there is secondary to my interest in being in the House and running for this office. By the way, as an aside, when you're campaigning in Lincoln as an attorney-turned-broadcaster, I may have unfairly impacted the perception of that I career know. choice here. I was so. going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. You know, you and I both chose the right side of the line on that deal, uh, landing on broadcast. <laughs> I agree. Listen, I'm wearing a baseball cap right now, and I bet you're not, but uh, I'll tell you what, that's been the most amazing. I, those suits are rarely used for me. You're going to have to use yours still a lot more. So, But nonetheless, nonetheless, hey, hey, uh, Senator, I know I know voting rights are on the docket today in the Senate in D.C. Uh, if you win the, the seat in the House, the 2024 presidential election, how it's carried out is going to be something you're going to spend a lot of time discussing and perhaps legislating, and, and frankly, it's a pretty foundational issue to, to the country. And so you're going to get this question. Is it your belief that Joe Biden did actually win the 2020 election? Listen, I trust the results in Nebraska. I know that what we reported uh, is accurate. I, uh, I have all the confidence in the world in, State Sec- in Secretary of State Bob Evnen. But that being said, I am for common sense uh, approaches like voter ID. I don't think it's too much to ask somebody to show an identification when they vote. I've been for that. I signed a petition. Uh, I'm going to advocate for that. I do not agree with the federal government essentially federalizing state elections. I think that is the last thing we need. And so, you know, and this, this is important to a lot of people. I think that at the end of the day, we have to, uh, we have to move forward. We have to uh, focus on taking back the House uh, this year, and obviously, we'd like to see a Republican president in twenty four. Well, okay, and, and 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 you know this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push you on this though because that you're gonna get asked this question on the trail all of the all of the time by people who feel different ways about it. Do you? I mean, do you have? I, I mean, I see the bumper stickers all over the place. Trump won that that those sorts of things, and and those are going to be some of your potential voters. Do, do you have an opinion on that? Do you do do you believe that? The right outcome was in the last 2020 election, because that'll be foundational. I believe that Joe Biden is the president of the United States. I believe that uh, we need to focus on 2024, and we need to make sure that our elections in Nebraska are fair, and that they are the results are accurate, and we need to pass common-sense reforms like voter ID. 
Senator, State Senator Mike Flood joining us right now, candidate for the U.S. House. Speaking of uh, of Biden, I know it's going to be an interesting, you know, if the Republicans have the majority in the House and and you were in that, there'll be kind of an interesting question. Do you do you work with Biden on on some of these things where you do have some level of agreement? I think you said you you would not have voted for the infrastructure bill. How do you kind of philosophically take a look at that? You have been someone who has who has in your legislative career, I would say, uh, worked worked across the aisle to some degree. Is that possible? Uh, if if you get in there and 2023, 2024, uh, uh, Biden is still president, but you have a Republican majority in the House. Well, I think when you have a Republican majority in the House, there's going to be a, uh, a, ref- uh, a wonderful check on the process. And that's when I think, you know, when our founding founders put this together, they wanted it to be hard to pass laws to be to make sure that they you know, were in the best interest of the country. And I think with a Republican majority in the House uh, representing the 1st Congressional District, I'll be in a position uh, to work with the House leadership and uh, obviously the Senate and, and the executive branch to do what we think is best. And, you know, at the end of the day, in the legislature, I do have a reputation for getting things done. Uh, in 2011, I put forward a bill that uh, essentially stopped abortions at 20 weeks under the uh, Fetal Pain Act, and, and I got 44 votes to pass that. And remember, the legislature had a lot fewer Republicans than 44. And I think that demonstrates that, you know, I can work with uh, both parties. I can uh, advocate for what I'm working on and, uh, you know, ask, ask friends of mine in Lincoln what I'd like to work with. Uh, Kathy Campbell is a, a wonderful colleague of mine and somebody who has a real reputation for uh, getting things done. Her and I worked fabulously together, have great respect for each other. She's She's a model legislator. Uh, one of the benefits of being in Nebraska is I've worked with just a lot of really great people, a lot of top leaders from the city of Lincoln. Uh, and, you know, one of the, when, when Chris Beitler was mayor, uh, one of the bills I passed allowed a different construction method for the Pinnacle Bank Arena, and it saved Lincoln taxpayers a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that Mayor Beitler really appreciated it. And, you know, so I can work and do work and pride myself on being effective and getting things done. And uh, I don't worry as much <laughs> about, uh, I don't know, political victories as I worry about uh, making sure that I make forward progress. I want to be part of something where things happen. And um, I think that's that's the most exciting part of, of what I'm doing. And I want to influence the whole generation of young people to say, hey, I want to get involved in public service. And I'm hoping that this campaign will do that. Well, it's a, you know, it's interesting, Senator, because I've been I've been doing this show for like 16 years. And I, honestly, I've made it less politics heavy significantly than it used to be because I I can't stand it anymore. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I, it, that's uh, for a variety of reasons. But when, when you're running for when you're running for a major office like this for the House, and I think the legislature is a little bit different. I, I talk more about local stuff. But what do you make of like where the country is in the division? Of course, you're going to advocate for the things you believe, and you're going to say the things that are right for you to get elected. But how do we? How do things just get better when it this sort of thing? I don't. We don't just hate this world so much now. You know what inspires me, and I'm just going to go back a little bit. When I was first in the legislature, uh, Omaha had built what is now the Century Link. That's not Century Link. What CHI. Is now, CHI. It's got like 14 yeah, names. Those sponsorships yeah, yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. You would know a lot about that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm just using this as an example of something that gets me really excited about public service. And Lincoln had the vision 2015. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on. I went and interviewed those panels about it. Yeah. 
And I saw major change come to Lincoln. It wasn't just the Pinnacle Bank Arena. It was everything. It was the Haymarket. It yep. was the development. It was dealing with the railroad. It was, you know, it was Haymarket Park and all of this just exciting change. And now I look at what Lincoln's doing with these startups down there and, you know, everything that's happening and the growth of these startup companies. I've, I've served on Invest Nebraska, which, which makes sure that startup companies have the capital they need to take a risk and to go. And I'm trying to do the same thing in my hometown of Norfolk. And uh, I'm seeing the kind of progress there that Lincoln saw, you know, 15, 10 years ago, the, the excitement of changing one person at a time. And I think when you put yourself in a position to serve, whether it's your mayor or uh, legislature or Congress, you can be a change agent for things like that. And at the end of the day, that's really what inspires me. You know, like, to your point, we can talk about the politics all day long. And, yes, there are huge differences between uh, the parties, and there are huge differences you know, philosophically between different people, regardless of the party. But when you put yourself in a leadership position to get something done, to be part of changing something, you know, Lincoln is this engine that that I see, you know, with a flagship university, with with all the things happening. I worked with... Uh, Chancellor Perlman and uh, J.B. Milliken to get the innovation campus going when I was Speaker of the Legislature. That's really still in its infancy and has a long way to go to 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 meet and achieve yeah. all of the goals we want. But it's going in the right direction. Putting up a hotel those there. Are the yeah. Things that, yeah, 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 yeah. But but I want to be part of those things. And I think when you're uh, serving this area in Congress, uh, you can be a change agent, and not just for uh, you know obviously advocating for federal money, but we're sitting at the table with local leaders and saying, how could we get this done? And that's what I did in the legislature, and that's what I want to do in Congress. All right, State Senator Mike Flood joining us. I'm out of time. A lot more to talk about. Uh, I think we'll get some chances to do that over the coming weeks and months. Do appreciate your time. And, uh, oh, by the way, I need to get one of those mustard yellow News Channel Nebraska sports jackets. Uh, they are sharp. So I'm, I'm looking you like to that? get I, I, very, I thought I, they would... I, I thought they would hate it, and uh, I found out that the sports guys loved no, it. No, the they're guys. ugly, but in a good way. That's the only thing. And when I uh, did a couple of games, I was very sad I didn't have one. So uh, I'm going to work on that. Thank you very much, Senator. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jack. we go, Senator. State Senator, that is Mike Flood running for House. 827, take a break. Go on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 839, if you miss the Mike Flood interview... You can now go to the website, KLIN.com, or if you follow KLIN or LNK Today or me on Twitter, you can find it there. We'll get it up more places as well, so uh, check that out. I, listen, if he were my boss in broadcasting, he would have uh, he would have downgraded me for not following up on that, that question about the 2020 election. So I, I, I have to, and I still... I think we got a think we got a clear answer on that. It was a clearer Maybe answer. Got a, uh, but but uh, uh, it's good to talk to him. So uh, likely likely do that again down the road. And uh, if Congressman Fortenberry wants to come on too, he's he's certainly welcome to. I don't think he's doing a lot of media right now, but uh, if he would want to, he is. But also he's been on before as well. That's he's been on scads of times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, over the years I've had him on. 
ton. So just to, just to clarify that whole thing as well. So there you go. Uh, yeah, check that out at the website. It was, it was an interesting conversation in a lot of ways. And he, I, he revealed a lot more, if you didn't hear it, than he did at his press conference mm-hmm. about the decision to run and kind of about that whole process and everything else. So there you go. Uh, Mark, Mark wants to say something, I believe. Did you ask if he was going with Jim Pillen on his... I did not ask. I did not. That was not on my my priority list. Of, that was right below uh, talking about the mustard colored jackets. Oh. <laughs> For Etsy. I don't. I don't think it's. I think you. You. Your. That was my idea. Your ideas were way better than mine. For the special guests. Okay. Nomer Davis. Well, uh, Tom uh, Tom Stanton's in the newsroom, and I believe he's going to the uh, the news conference at, at ten. So okay, we'll know shortly thereafter. Well, no, it better who the special guest. If, if it is underwhelming, big hit to the campaign. Elton John. <laughs> I don't know that, that that flight from Wilmington, Delaware, what? kind of interesting. <laughs> That would be Low that would be a coup. That would be a coup if uh, <laughs> that, he brought that, Biden that, from Delaware to stand up with him. There. That, that would. Oh get, yeah. That would get Patty Panzing Brooks elected right then and there. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> let's see. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's do top. I'm, I'm going to check arrivals too. Just Jeez, I love you tracking plane tails. This is great. This is great. You got any new cities there? By the way, what, Columbia, Missouri was the other one. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, here's oh, no. This is going to be tier too late. So oh, but this would would have been an interesting one. Where Naples, Florida. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh doctor. But not until twelve fifty. So all right. Maybe it's somebody in the Trump orbit. No, but no, no, that no, Trump. No, the no. Trump's all on our right. No. Yeah. Uh, no, we have more important <laughs> things to do right now. Speculate on special guests at the the pill and presser. We got a top five Tuesday. Last week we asked you. This was helpful too, I think, for me personally. We asked you, what are those things that you think it is worth spending the extra bucks on when you're buying? Right, not going with the discount, not going with the cut rate, not going with the perhaps generic. Although I did have a text from Ron in that said generic aren't always cheaper. Sometimes they're and so I, I didn't. Generic might not have been the right thing to say. He said two totally different things. Major retailers make huge investments to make sure their top tier labels are national brand equivalent. Sorry, it sounds picky, but as somebody who spent many years in the life of this industry, it does chat my hide to hear the words interchangeably. So I correct myself on that. Mm-hmm. I just used it as kind of shorthand, but that you want to go cheaper generic on, let's say. Let's say with that. Because they always cheap. say, do you always say the, the, like the liquor at Costco is like, uh, is like the same as the real high, like the Kirkland vodka, same as Grey Goose or something. I don't know. I don't drink vodka, but, but I always hear stuff like that. I think that might be. I didn't put it on about. there because there, there are some alcohols that I'm a little more particular on, but if I'm going and grabbing whiskey, I'm just like bottom shelf. Cool. Well, yeah, because it depends if you're drinking it straight or just putting it in some Diet Coke. Right. I mean, that, that that's a question. I don't have any of that on, on mine either, but that's it depends on the situation, I think, for that. Okay, so uh, five to one on all of these. Anybody, you guys want me to go first? You want to volunteer to go first? Everybody ready? I'm still working on mine. All right, you're still working on mine, so... Uh, go ahead, Caleb. You okay. can do yours first. Uh, my number five, gift bags and wrapping paper. Oh, great one. 
just great. immediately. There is no reason for me to, like, if I walk through that aisle, whether it's wrapping paper or gift bags, and I see one of them, they're like 79 I'm, cents. I'm I go, that's what so it is. I'm so mad I have to buy those gift bags. And, and then you got to get the tissue paper. What a racket. Dude, I would never get the tissue paper if Megan didn't make me get the tissue paper oh, to go I with hate it. That. And I, like, what does it do? It's covering something up for, you know, a minute, mm-hmm. and then it's, you know, recycled or going in the trash. God, that industry. <laughs> that's an industry I need to get into. I need to invest mm-hmm. in that right now the tissue bag paper industry my number four is chips Ooh, i i will really i, I will find, if, wrong with if you. there Whoa. are if there are some barbecue chips you don't have to pay the for the more expensive barbecue chips if you are getting some chips for some chips and salsa sometimes those, those cheaper ones taste better okay now i will agree with you on the second half of that I actually tend to believe tortilla chips oh, yeah. improve as they get cheaper. <laughs> it's all the stuff you put on them that makes the difference. But I think no. But I even there's th- a, there's a better crisp. There are for some cheap of them. brands that are better than the yes. You go, I, I I actually agree on tortilla chips. I don't know if I would extend it to other kinds of chips though. There are some okay. that I've looked through. Okay, um, drugs, medicines. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's a good one. I'm glad you clarified that. (laughs) Uh, But medicines, there's a lot of times I'll go in and um, I'm just grabbing a big old bottle of, it just says, acetaminophen on it. I don't necessarily need the name brand migraine or headache or pain reliever. Yeah, absolutely. Here here I was thinking of like surefine marijuana. (laughs) Well, (laughs) depends on where you go. Um, Number two is gas. There's no, Ooh. I've got no brand loyalty between mm, gas no. stations. Yeah, I won't do that one. Yeah. That's, you just go cheapest. I just go, yeah. where's that cheapest I, one Me at? too. Nope. That's a good one nope. too. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. My number one, cereal. You'll go for the Malto give, meal over... Give, give me that giant bag that is going to save me $3 so compared in, to the box that's going to be the same thing. So instead of Cheerios, you'll get Toastios. Yep. Instead of Lucky Charms, you'll get Marshmallow Mateys. Absolutely, I that's I am. I will go directly to the bags. Instead of checks, you'll get rice squares. <laughs> <laughs> it's it shocks me some of the on the grocery side of it, how some of these places who are doing. I don't generic isn't the word, but like obviously copycat uh-huh. products. How they don't get the crap suit out of them by the because the the. They look the same. The trade dress is the same. So I've, Some of those generic pops, I mean... So part of that, by the way, and I don't know if this is exactly what, what the legal issue would, for it would be right now, but I was watching History Channel, and they were doing foods that made America and those types of things, and one of them they were talking about cereals. And if you change one ingredient, not even entirely the ingredient, if you just change how much is in it, you're good to go, even right. though it, it can be like 100% the same, but you use one less teaspoon of sugar. But I'm talking about in, the names. like, but like uh, Half the grocery stores in America have a pop, a, 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 a generic or a cheap pop called Downton Moo. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Mount Light, Mountain Lightning. <laughs> I mean, come on. Probably <laughs> made by Mountain Dew and just branded for them. <laughs> by the way, I tried to get the Stevia version of Mountain Dew once. Yeah. Or Diet Mountain Dew. 
absolute garbage. One of the worst <laughs> decisions I've ever made in my life. I just do like not the, do that. I like the full sugar one. Yeah. Mountain Dew. I'm addicted to Diet All right, what's, what's yours? What's, uh, is what's that your all yours? All right, yeah. my, my number five, and I just threw this in here to tick you guys and all of our listeners oh, off because I'm a shock jock. Uh, you know what all of you say is almost any condiment. Almost any condiment with a few exceptions. Ketchup, mustard, give me the cheapest thing you can absolutely find. If you're putting it as an addition onto something else, it's kind of like what you said about uh, whiskey or bourbon, right? If if you're mixing it with something else, uh, uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to tell. Yeah, catsup. No, I will go. It's got to be the grocery store brand for that. I can tell. No, I will go. It's not Hellman's. I'll go grocery store brand for mayo. Okay, I'll go ketchup. All of it. Mm Any watery of mustard off brand. Oh, mustard is absolutely no different. Are you serious? Just in terms of straight yellow mustard, you think there's a difference? Because there is. You guys are out of your minds. You've been listen. I'm sorry. You have an unrefined palate. No, you've been. Uh, you've. You, you're, uh, John Kerry's wife is uh, is basically controlling your brains <laughs> by making you buy the expensive Heinz stuff. <laughs> Number four, milk. Number four, milk. And and my son consumes 98% of the milk in our house, so this isn't really me personally, and he doesn't complain about it when I switch over to the cheap brands, so I go straight cheap brands on that. With the amount that he drinks, you, you know, you kind of have to do that. Number three, for me, sunglasses. Sunglasses. Now, this has changed a little because I haven't been able to wear contacts, and nobody cares why, but I, I wear, you know, prescription glasses. But when I wore contacts, and, and so I didn't need prescription sunglasses... I'm not spending more than $10 on those things. Okay, so but that's just regular sunglasses when you're wearing your contacts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Re- so, not, uh, not prescription, although I'll buy cheap. I'll do that, too. But especially non-prescription sunglasses, because here's why. Those, I lose them. I break them. Like, it stresses me out to have high-quality sunglasses. The, 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 the nice Oakleys, those sorts of, it just stresses me out because I constantly lose them. I constantly break them. And it just feels good when you pay $8 for sunglasses and no one, this is essentially disposable. If I get a month out of this, it's all gravy after that. And so, yeah, that's, that's a big one for me. My, I, I, okay. I buy such low quality sunglasses. I'm, I'm telling you what, there was one time I walked, I was at a gas station paying for it and the thing just fell apart on my face. <laughs> Just <laughs> fell down on the counter. The only time I lived it's that a lot of gas stations. is when I was going fishing and we were going out on a boat a lot because yeah. those things fell off my face so much. Yeah, like I was immediately going to lose I, them in a lake. I'm all gas station sunglasses. Uh, number two. Oh, you guys are going to kill me for this one too. Bluetooth earbuds. Oh, how can you? <laughs> I don't. I do. You have give no- me. Give me a name. I of the brand I have never heard for. Give me twelve bucks. First of all, it's kind of like a grab bag. Some of them do suck, but some of them are good. And again, going to lose them, going to be able to buy multiple, so one of them is charged. Forget you and your goofy-looking AirPods, Every one of those that you have ordered guaranteed has come from Beijing. Okay, whatever. And and it's got COVID embedded Uh, inside that. By the way, I've been using them for years, and I'm uh, one person who still hasn't had COVID. Despite being exposed to it multiple That's times. That's how the Communist Party knows everything happening I'm in the telling you, household. I have these ones that are called mind coups. <laughs> I put them up against my son's stupid iPad Pro, I, I, whatever, ear pad, ear pod pros any day. AirPods. Air, whatever. 
They look like they look like inverted earrings. They look so goofy. You're just jealous. Yeah. No, I'm not. I don't want those. I love mine. You mine told us you told us about wearing an earring at one point in your <laughs> life. It was a different time for me. <laughs> Number one, last but not least, and you guys know this probably from seeing me every day, quarter zips. Oh my gosh! You get me into the you get me into any discount store, uh, any bulk factory uh, membership store. There is a ninety nine percent chance I'm walking out of there with a nine dollar quarter zip. So you're not doing the fifty dollar Under Armour? No, no. Okay. Uh, just I I have such an incredible wardrobe of twelve dollar and under clothes, and you can't tell it. You can't tell it. I've been nominated for many Lincoln's Best Dress lists. Never quite made the cut, but often am, am talked about uh, for that. And uh, it's all, I think it's because of my budget quarter zip budget. There you are, right there on the Best Dress cadaver. <laughs> oh, all right, what are yours, Mark? Uh, fountain soda. If I, if I go in, if, if they get fountain soda, I'll take it over a bottle. I just want the cheaper stuff. Is that cheap? Oh, fountain soda tastes better than a bottle too. Well, yeah, it does, but it's also cheaper. Oh, okay, and you're talking about cheap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know if it was necessarily cheaper, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, windshield washer fluid. Oh, as long as it, you know, doesn't as as freeze. Blue. And, and it, it, well, it, I don't care what color it is, as long as it doesn't freeze and cleans the windshield. <laughs> okay. Uh, ice melt is my number three. So I get scared about that because I'm a little worried. Like some of it is just poison. Right? For, like, my lawn, for animals in the area, my family. I don't have any dogs, but Why that always work? worries because me. Because it's got plutonium. <laughs> you go in, you go the cheap stuff on yep. ice melt. Okay? Yep. But, you know, usually the big bag, the 25-gallon or 25-pound pail. Or, and I'm also worried it's only graded to, like, 14 above to melt ice. And after that, it's it's kind of worthless. But Well, I'd make sure it goes down to zero or okay. more, so... Right. Uh, then right after that, uh, right after ice melt is ice. I'm gonna buy the cheapest Actually, ice. Like bagged ice. Yeah, like bagged are, ice. Can you even? Are there different options at sure. places for sure. ice? Sure, you Do you do. buy premium ice? Well, I don't know about. I always buy diet ice. By the way, <laughs> I, I wondered if you did that. Yep. <laughs> and pencils. Pencils. I haven't bought a pencil in thirty years. Neither have I. That's why I buy them cheap. <laughs> He buys them by the tree. Uh, all, all, uh, I just don't understand why the num the the most bought pencil in the world is a number two pencil. Right. So why is it not number one? <laughs> yep. Set that one up. Uh, real quick, Greg says Jack COVID must have damaged your taste buds early in your life. I didn't ever have COVID. I have great taste. Uh, Chicken says so. Basically, you're finding out Jack is cheap and has no sense of taste. Okay, this is fun. Uh, uh, Jeremy says I hate ketchup, and even I know catsup is terrible. <laughs> and if you're heading to uh, over to watch the Huskers lose the big game with Jack and Caleb, bring your own ketchup and chips. <laughs> Chris and Eliza says milk, fast food. Prescription medicine, potato chips, and ketchup. Wow, a little bit from both of us there, Caleb, on, on his. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marie from 5 to 1 says wax paper, paper towels, liquid hand soap, pasta, and gas. Ooh. Pasta wait, number wait, was, two. Did she say paper towels? or Yeah. Or hand towel. Paper towels? I don't know about paper towels. Yeah, paper but I like yeah, I'm with her on the other ones. I think I'm with her on the other ones. All right, if you have any thoughts, you can text yours in the next time recognition text line. That was a fun one. That uh, was uh, Mark, all over Mark the how do you feel about the cheapest pasta at number two? Uh, no way. <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. Now, I will buy the cheapest joke books. 
Yeah, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's 855. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack. Did I tell you, Apple is making cars oh, now? God. No. Did I tell you that? Uh-uh. No. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, trying to, they're designing cars, but they're having problems installing windows. 855, we're sorry. KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. You know it was a good day when Caleb looks at you during the break and he's like, that was a fun show. That was a <laughs> lot of fun. There was even some like some serious political stuff that, that we were able map. to cover. All over the Something for everyone. Something for everyone. That's what we try to do here. Uh, yeah, that is it. And then uh, tomorrow, you know what tomorrow is? Chappies. What? Chapshide Wednesday. We lo- Chappies. We may have to have the Chappie Awards sometime. The Chappie Awards. Oh. That Paul wins them all. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. All right. Well, uh, we got what Chapshide. Look for that on Facebook. We'll have some fun tomorrow with that plus John Bishop. See you then. 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. <laughs>